It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Tuesday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. As she continues to recuperate, and uh, Laura willing to be back in the chair real soon. We'll look forward to that. I always uh, like Sandy's intro to the program here. Uh, we're not called to be nice. You know, I try to be nice. You can ask the guys here. I, I, I try to be nice. But, you know, sometimes, um, as Sandy says, you just got to be frank and call it out. And that's what we try to do here each day. Try to be kind, uh, but at the same time, and not hold back on the facts. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. You know, just pretend for a moment that you're a the president of the United States. You're a Democrat. So right off the bat, you have an advantage with the media. That's for sure. The media loves the Democrats. Uh, philosophically, ideologically speaking, in bed with the Democratic Party. So the media loves you. And then you wake up to this headline in the last 48 hours in the New York Times, which for the most part is all in with the Democratic Party. And this is the headline of this editorial in the New York Times. Joe Biden is too old to be president again. That's pretty blunt. You know, we've been reporting here that that's been on the mind of a lot of Democrats for some time now. But this is a column written by Michelle Goldberg. She's been writing for the New York Times for a number of years now. And, uh, I mean, she she's kind of gentle in the lead-in to this editorial, you know, that Biden has been doing a really good job and, and uh, you know, that you can't blame him for our economic problems. That's her argument. Um, but she said the reality is he doesn't look presidential. So he says, she says, so I recognize that I could be wrong when I make a similar argument today, but the presidency ages even young men, and Biden is far from young. A country in as much trouble as ours needs a leader vigorous enough to inspire confidence. And then she goes to this recent New York Times poll, uh, which various agencies have been reporting on, 64% of Democrats want a different presidential nominee in 2024. And she goes on to uh, expand on that a little bit. She says, those Democrats cite Biden's age more than any other factor, though job performance is close behind. Their concern isn't surprising, she says. Biden has always been given to gaffes. But there is a painful suspense in watching him speak now like seeing someone wobble on a tightrope. But she goes on and she goes on beyond Joe Biden. She says there's a problem here, speaking of Democratic leadership, there's a problem here that goes beyond a shortage of presidential speeches and media appearances or even Biden himself. We are ruled by a gerontocracy. Biden is 79. Now, this is the New York Times columnist speaking. Biden is 79. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is 82. The House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer is 83. The Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is 71. Often, it's not clear if they grasp how broken this country is. Now, let's not be fooled. How Michelle Goldberg would describe broken is probably very different from what you and I describe as what's wrong in the country right now. But let's face it, the bottom line for these 
Democrats from New York Times columnists and others who support the Democratic Party is this. Joe Biden is no longer seen as a winnable candidate. In fact, you can go even further that he is right now a liability for Democrats in the midterm elections coming up just several weeks down the road. But the Democrats are thinking ahead to 24. And basically the pressure is building. The pressure is building on Joe Biden to step down. And Michelle Goldberg, it's kind of interesting, she goes on to say there are other possibilities than Joe Biden. (laughs) She said, if Vice President Kamala Harris's approval ratings remain underwater, Democrats have a number of other charismatic governors and senators they can turn to. Well, she's she's kind of very brief in her comments here, but she's saying that the vice president, too, is really not a viable candidate in 24 as well. And, of course, they're talking about Democrat governors, uh, such as the governor of California, maybe a few others. Pete Buttigieg uh, has been mentioned, has a possibility. But you know what? The Democrats are desperate, and the fact that they're coming out so soon at this point right now, even leading up to the midterms to diss the president of the United States, the Democrat president of the United States just shows you in how much trouble they're in. Kellyanne Conway, a former advisor to former president Trump was asked about all this last night. Uh, Here's what she had to say. Cut eight. It's not just today's poll or last week's poll or next month's poll. It's that they know that both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are completely damaged goods. Uh, Democrats are looking past both of them, already looking at 2024. This guy's been here for a year and a half. Sean, just a couple months ago, we were told he's FDR. He's got the energy. Look at him go in his Ray-Bans. He's got the mental acuity. Now they're done with him. I think they're worried about what's going to happen. I think they know he lied about talking to his son about China. They know that he lied about family members making money uh, because they were connected to him and him taking government planes over abroad and doing that. So they know there's a storm coming. Yeah, they know there's a storm coming. So you've got age, you've got capability questions, you got the whole Hunter Biden thing going on. Uh, the other development on this front going against Biden is uh, in the last couple of uh, 24 hours or so, is this progressive group known as Roots Action that has told Fox News Digital uh, that basically right after uh, Election Day, November, in fact, November 9th, 2022, they say, right after Election Day, the midterm elections, uh, they're going to launch a campaign. And they've already named the campaign. They call it Don't Run Joe. That's what they call it. So there you have it. And they're very obviously very open about it. They're talking to Fox News Digital about it. Uh, So Joe Biden's in trouble. They understand that. But you know what? On top of all of this, and Michelle Goldberg and, and other Democrats don't talk about this, but the reality is our economy is in disastrous shape right now. Everybody knows that. Gasoline prices, grocery prices, all of that. You've got an invasion going on on our southern border, which Canada, Joe Biden, invited. So you have that going on. And then you have growing concerns about, obviously, and this is just another one, uh, what's been going on in our schools. Uh, Left-wing Democrats supporting unions, teachers' unions, are out there uh, and inviting indoctrination of our kids. Parents have been finding out about this indoctrinating our kids. (laughs) They're not dealing with them on math and English and all the other things they should be taught, but uh, indoctrinating our kids on sexual matters in particular. And I want to play you a clip of a uh, a Florida dad, uh, Bruce Friedman. And uh, this is is from uh, a couple of Fox uh, stories that have been dealing with this. He went to a school board meeting He's uh, uh, in Clay County School District in Florida, and he started to read from some of the books on the school bookshelves that he said were pornographic. Here's a little bit about what he told Fox. Cut number five. I went to the June 30th Board of Ed meeting at the Fleming Island School, the high school that covers all of Clay County. 
the representation for the Board of Ed. As soon as I announced that I was going to read from some books that parents, myself and others, found in the public school libraries that are clearly pornographic, he had the mic cut off, which is an admission that such things exist and served my purpose just as well as if I had to read those horrible words. The lawyer did his job. He wasn't polite. He wasn't kind. He did his job. He protected the Board of Ed from liability. That's great. If he worked half as hard to protect our children, I could have stayed home. So when I tell you that I think books, book X is pornographic and doesn't belong near a child, especially mine, you're going to pull it from the shelves. That's the new policy. They're going to remove it for review. By law, the review has to include a thorough reading of the entire text. Okay, so let's say that there's only two or 300 books that are so vile they need action today. Who's going to read them? It'll be members of the American Librarians Association. I don't trust them. It'll be media specialists. I don't trust them. It'll be Board of Ed meeting. The persons you saw that wanted my mic cut off, I don't trust them. So how do you regain a partnership as the Board of Ed when you've lost the parents' trust, especially the conservative parents' trust? I don't believe they can. Yeah, and he's exactly right. And if you want evidence of that, you look at what happened in Virginia last November. And you lay on top of that the teachers' union getting together with the school board association, going to the attorney general of the United States, asking the attorney general of the United States and uh, the Biden Justice Department to go after parents who dare to show up at school board meetings like Mr. Friedman and go after them and treating them like they're violent. But all they're pointing out is the their objection, the parents' objection to the junk being taught to their kids, they're objecting when a school board, in this case in Virginia, is aware of a boy who claims to be a girl being allowed into a girl's bathroom where a, a young girl is assaulted in the girl's bathroom. And then what does the school board do? They move that male student to another school. No wonder parents were upset. So despite what Michelle Goldberg talks about, you know, Joe Biden's age, folks, this is not what the American people are most most concerned about. They are concerned about the policies of this administration. And despite what some Democrats would say, you know, that our economy is bad, well, Joe Biden says it, because of Vladimir Putin, or blaming something else. No, they're blaming Joe Biden, and rightly so. He has declared war on fossil fuels. So you've got the economy. You've got the indoctrination of our students in our schools with pro-homosexual, critical race theory garbage. These are the things that the American people are upset about. And that's why they want the Democrats and Joe Biden out of office. And putting someone else in, and you can be sure that if indeed, if Joe Biden doesn't run in 24, they're going to they're gonna replace him. They're not going to replace him with a conservative-sounding person. They're going to replace him with someone who is perhaps even further left, but he's a little bit more articulate and trying to sell that left-wing policy. That's where they are. We're going to have a, a whole lot more on this as we continue on this Tuesday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. We'll also go up to Washington, D.C., and we'll have our pulse taker on what's going on in Washington, D.C., Gary Bauer with us when we come back on this edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills and to one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Bible League International. Thank God your pastor wasn't attacked on Sunday, but it happened to Pastor Nepo recently while preaching in Burundi, Africa. Twenty radicals dragged him down the aisle to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death because he's been faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims and nearly 200 have come to Christ in his village where Christians are attacked daily. Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted. In coastal India, Jayanth planted a church in a village with no Christians and today more than half of that village follows Christ, but it did not come easy. His house was burned down twice. His wife was assaulted, and many in the church have been threatened with death, but they're not praying for an end to their suffering. They're praying for Bibles to endure and persevere. We're halfway to our goal to send God's Word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers, and we need to wrap up in a week. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org and God bless you for caring. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Randy Batone of Plano, Texas, was pulled over the other day, fined more than $200 for driving in the carpool lane. That's a no-no. But Mrs. Batone says she has every right to be in that lane because she's 34 weeks pregnant, and she told the deputy sheriff her unborn baby should count as a passenger. Now, according to Texas law, an unborn child is in fact a human being who is alive, and she plans on fighting the ticket. It's raised a very interesting argument on radio station talk shows. One caller made an interesting point. He said the whole point of a carpool lane is to reduce traffic congestion. So unless there are unborn babies driving Nissans, well, the soon-to-be mom may have to pay a fine. That's what the caller says. What say you, America? My latest book is a must-read, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available at your favorite bookstore and toddstarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. Well, joining us right now from Washington, D.C., high above the fray, uh, but able to look down upon it is our good friend Gary Bauer, Campaign for Working Families. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Fred. It doesn't feel like I'm high above the fray, but I, I appreciate the vision anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, we've been talking about what appears to be um, the knives are coming out for Joe Biden as far as him running again in 24. We've been talking about this New York Times editorial and the New York Times poll, which said 64% of, of Democrats do not want Joe Biden uh, running again. Um are you surprised that uh, that the knives are coming out at this point? Well, you know, Fred, I, I guess a little bit, except uh, I, I think we have to put it in the context that that these folks that are now uh, putting those knives in, in Joe Biden's back uh, have a larger goal. Uh, their goal was never Joe Biden and his political future. His goal, their goal is to transform America. And into something that 
quite frankly, we're not going to want and we won't recognize. And they're well on the way to doing that. Uh, so if, if Joe Biden has outlived his usefulness, if he's become a liability rather than an asset, if his ineptness, his obvious uh, health challenges uh, caused him to lose to a God-fearing conservative uh, opponent uh, in the next presidential election, uh, well, then that's bad news for the radical left and the New York Times and all the rest of them. So it's very self-serving what they're doing. Uh, and uh, so far, Biden seems to be resisting, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to sort of uh, watch this fight play itself out. You know, uh, one of the things that I can't understand as we're just now weeks away from the midterm elections is the Democratic Party believes that their fight against the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade, in other words, uh, they're out there fighting uh, for the right for more women to kill their unborn babies. And they're, you know, in some circles, they're saying the Democratic Party is really depending on this to motivate, they say women, like all women, uh, are going to come out and vote. I don't understand this. Don't understand the encouragement of, uh, of fighting Supreme Court justices. You know, we had the incident, uh, was it a Kavanaugh, at a uh, restaurant yeah. in, in Washington just a few days ago. I, I'm not understanding how they think that is going to motivate the American people to come out and vote for them. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're raising a good point, Fred. I, I, I think what it gets down to is that they want to motivate their base. Uh, you know, the congressional elections tend to be what's called by the political scientists base elections. You know, the, the turnout is a lot smaller than it is in a, in a presidential election when House and Senate races are also up. And they've got research at the White House that shows that the liberal base, the left wing base in the country, uh, just isn't that excited about Joe Biden, ironically, because they think He's not far left enough. Now, go figure out that. But at any rate, uh, th so I, I think they don't, I don't think they believe they're going to get the average American that, you know, is angry every time they fill up their car or try to have a night out with their spouse and find out that they can barely uh, pay the dinner bill without somebody getting a second job. Uh, I, but I do think they, they believe that a lot of liberal college-educated young women that have heard nothing their entire lives other than to be a young, educated college woman in America, you've got to embrace the idea that there's no big deal to destroy innocent human life that you might have in you. So that's who they're trying to motivate. And I, I suppose in some suburban swing districts, this tactic might work. But I do think they are in danger of looking like a party of ghouls, a party of death, a party that seems to want to stand on a mountain of aborted fetuses in order to gain more political power. That's not a good look, even in uh, the America that has changed so much in the last 30 years. Gary, I also get the feeling that they're underestimating the rebellion that's going on out there uh, parents uh, against these left-wing policies being uh, imposed on their kids in public schools. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. it's it's laughable uh, what uh, un teachers' union head Randy Weingarten tweeted out <laughs> the other day. She she <laughs> says our, uh, our our school system is becoming too politicized, and everybody's just stepping back and saying, "Are you kidding me?" You've led the yeah, politicization of our schools, Randy Weingarten. Yeah, well, breaking news, Fred. Uh, Al Capone just held a press conference and said we have a crime problem in America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, this is extraordinary that the National Education Association is first and foremost a political organization. It provides more delegates every four years to the Democrat National Convention than any other organization in America. They give millions of dollars to left-wing candidates. They run the Department of Education in Washington. I can, I can tell you that from personal experience, because when Bill Bennett was secretary and I was undersecretary, we spent half of each day just fighting the left-wing bureaucrats 
in that department who were getting their orders from the National Education Association. And then, of course, the NEA passes passes resolutions at their convention on uh, gender-neutral bathrooms, abortion on demand, you know, all the kinds of educational issues that parents want their children to hear about, not. Uh, so it really is. It's laughable. She's a fair liberal, Fred. I, I, I actually know her wife. Her wife is a oh. religious freedom. She's a female rabbi who I got in arguments with when I was on the commission because I was more pro-Israel than she was. And she was a rabbi. So this is a very liberal couple and a very powerful couple, and they're right in the middle of this battle to transform America into some sort of socialist, quasi-Marxist nation. You know, it it tells me, Gary, that Democrats haven't learned anything from what happened in Virginia last November. Well, uh, they they haven't learned anything. Uh, I, I, I... I'm a little curious about that myself. Uh, you know, I know that some people don't like to bring up this subject anymore, but uh, I, I find myself wondering whether they think uh, they just didn't cheat enough in Virginia and that they cheat more in a national round of elections. Um, I hope they're wrong about that. I know uh, there have been some valiant efforts in many states to clean up the election law mess. And we just had the uh, state Supreme Court of Wisconsin rule uh, a little late, but they did finally decide that the drop boxes that dotted the state during the presidential election were, in fact, a violation of state law and cannot be allowed in future elections, including this coming November. So uh, I, I just hope that this time, the Republicans don't get caught asleep again. I think the RNC didn't do enough a couple of years ago to ensure voter integrity, and they better be ready uh, this November and then two years down the road. Got another question, Gary, for you, because uh, the Democrats and the mainstream media are trying to make big right now on the January 6th commission. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Many conservatives think that's just a joke. Uh, it is political theater. Uh, but that's another thing that Democrats are depending upon is trying to, to paint anybody who supports Donald Trump as an extremist and, uh, you know, that that you ought to be worried about conservative Republicans uh, because they're all insurrectionists. Uh, I don't think that's going over with the American people also. Yeah, you know, uh the, the polling is interesting on this, Fred. By and large, you're, you're right. It doesn't show like, uh, it, well, it shows that most people think this is a pure political operation. It, it's terribly biased. It's a no trial, uh, you know, uh, the kind of thing you would see in communist countries before the fall of the, of the Iron Curtain. Uh, but And their final report, surprise, surprise, is going to come out some sometime after Labor Day, <laughs> uh, right in the middle of the campaign, you believe that it, this will affect what, what happens in the election. But, you know, Fred, I, I think this commission has two goals that they, they may succeed at. One, I believe, is to destroy Donald Trump so that he is damaged, that he won't be able to run for president again. I believe uh, whatever one thinks about Donald Trump, loved him as president. I thought he accomplished more than people even now realize. But whatever your view on that is, they're scared to death of him. The left is scared to death of him. And they they don't want him to run again. The, the second uh, thing that I think they're trying to do is not convince uh, middle-of-the-road voters. I think they're trying to intimidate uh, conservatives. Because every you know every week there's another story about a raid on somebody's house in you know Des Moines, Iowa, or uh, Nashville, Tennessee, that attended the rally in Washington on January 6th, the large rally that there were 400, 500,000 people at, the overwhelming majority of them peacefully assembling. I think they're trying to intimidate us 
to not get out there into the battle, to not step up as this brutal struggle for the future of America continues. Uh, they want only the left to own the streets, as we've seen over and over again. So I would urge my fellow conservatives and conservative Christians, don't fall for this. You know, we've got constitutional rights for a reason, and we've got to be willing, uh, not riot, obviously, that's never appropriate, but we certainly have to be willing to gather in mass and stand up for our values and our beliefs and for the United States. Gary, just uh, one last question before we have to let you go. Do you think all of this, the economy, uh, what's happening in our nation's schools, uh, uh, the left-wing district attorneys going soft on crime, do you think that's enough this time? Because we hear over and over again how many conservative, how many evangelical Christians don't even bother to vote. Do you think uh, the conservative base in this country is finally energized enough that they are going to show up like never before? Well, if not now, when? Uh, right, Fred? I mean, I, I, you know, there's a time where not waking up uh, is because you intentionally want to stay asleep. Uh, so I, I hope it's enough. You know, in the last couple of weeks here in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had uh, two churches uh, attacked in the middle of the night in Fairfax, Virginia. And then over this past weekend, three churches, two of them set on fire in Bethesda, Maryland, outside of Washington. Uh, the, the, both of these uh, events, these attacks on churches, only made the metro page of mm. the Washington Post. Wow. Uh, this is happening all over the country. I would say to my fellow believers, wake up. You're not going to be able to hide in your church. They'll come to get us. Either we're going to reclaim America as a Judeo-Christian nation, or we're going to lose the country. And I don't even want to imagine what that will mean for our children and grandchildren. Gary, that's a, that's a very honest and blunt uh, charge to the troops. We thank you for it, sir. Gary Bauer, uh, I read your end of day each day. How can people get that? They can get it by going to ouramericanvalues.org. Ouramericanvalues.org. Gary, thanks so much as always. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Fred. God bless. All right. Uh, do we have time for one more clip? We got about a minute or so. All right. If Joe Biden thought he was going to get some help from his dear wife, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, uh, <laughs> think again. She is in trouble this morning. She gave a speech recently in San Antonio. I want you to listen to it. We'll come back and talk about it. This is Cut 7. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, she had a laugh about that. But I'll tell you who's not laughing this morning, and a very liberal group, Hispanic journalists, saying, how dare you? How dare you lump us together as breakfast tacos? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Melania Trump had said something like that, how the mainstream media would go ballistic over it? And by the way, how did, how did she pronounce uh, bodegas? Bodog, bo, bogodas uh, in the Bronx. Uh, that story being in the news right now. And, and by the way, Joe Biden pronounced it the same way, too. All right. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. You've heard the report card this morning where the country is. But like Gary says, will conservatives step up, step out, and vote? They're complaining lots. But you need to go to the polls to change. Elections have consequences. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll hear from you when we come back here on Sandy Rios in the morning. Back in a few minutes.
Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, President of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. It's not by chance that Jesus refers to his church as the body. Just as it is with our physical bodies, every member has a distinct role and function to fulfill. Unfortunately, in this era of celebrity Christianity, we've reduced the concept of ministry solely to what occurs in what is often little more than Sunday productions and performances. The key to thriving in God's kingdom is understanding that every member in the body of Christ is vital and is called to ministry. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. If you haven't switched to MediShare yet, two big reasons to at least consider it and why it makes so much sense right now. Number one's inflation, which is just affecting everything. It makes sense to say, okay, where can I actually save? Well, you could save a lot in one fell swoop if you switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month. Secondly, your conscience. MediShare members aren't forced to pay for things they don't support or believe in, and that's a big deal for a lot of people right now. They want their money to actually help people. And one more reason, you can trust MediShare. It's been the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and members love it, too. It has double the customer satisfaction rating compared to health insurance. So now's a great time to consider making the switch, and they're very easy to talk to. MediShare has great customer service. You can even get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Last night, Fox News host Tucker Carlson delivered a searing indictment of Joe Biden and his presidency. He makes a compelling case that our commander-in-chief is deeply and perilously compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. That's translated into Biden's material help to our mortal enemy in achieving its strategic objective of destroying the United States and ruling the world. For example, the president has stopped counterintelligence operations against China's espionage, ended tariffs on its imports, arrested two Americans the CCP has sanctioned by name, Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon, and wrecked our energy sector. In fact, Tucker argued, as have we, that, quote, whatever helps the Chinese government, Biden has dutifully done, unquote. Ditto, whatever hurts America. We'll explore all this and more at 1 p.m. Eastern Time today in the first of a new webinar series entitled USA Betrayed. Join us at presentdangerchina.org. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. We'll go to the phones in just a second. Lining up from Iowa, Michigan, and Kentucky. Uh, We'll hear from you in just a second. There is a Republican congressman from Georgia, Jody Heiss is his name, and he is drawing people's attention to something that's going on at the University of Georgia. Apparently, a couple of professors there have created a map, and on that map, they're telling the world where there are crisis pregnancy centers across the country. Now, uh, of course, 
the agenda there probably is, given what's going on in the country right now, and this all goes back to the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade, um, and this this Republican congressman believes that these professors are doing nothing less than creating a a, a kind of hit list uh, on these uh, crisis pregnancy centers. At least that's his opinion. Cut number four. This is nothing but a couple of professors who are pro-abortionists trying to masquerade their map as some sort of academic research. But what this amounts to is a hit list uh, giving pregnancy resource centers, crisis pregnancy centers uh, across the country to uh, all sorts of radical groups. And look, we've already seen dozens of these pregnancy centers uh, firebombed, vandalized, and uh, they are getting this information, locating the places uh, by this map brought out by the University of Georgia. So we're asking for this to be taken down for the university to express responsibility as it relates to uh, potentially aiding uh, violent behavior across the country. It's going to be interesting to see now that this uh, Republican congressman has made this charge, uh, how the university responds, how these professors may respond. Uh, But as you heard, he made a very clear accusation that he believes this is part of a protest against the Supreme Court decision. Uh, And he rightly points out there have been uh, violent protests, graffiti, um, uh, firebombings at pregnancy centers, at churches, as Gary Bauer was pointing out just a few moments ago. Uh, And so it would be very disturbing, very disturbing if a taxpayer-funded university was allowing some staff members to create this map to let people know where pregnancy centers are across the country would be very interesting. You know, it would be easy enough for these professors if they were doing this to honor the pregnancy centers and calling upon pro-life people to make sure to pray for them, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't heard that yet. So, uh, we're, we're anxious to hear if these professors at the University of Georgia will respond. Uh, as you say, Congressman Heiss is saying he wants the university to take action, take that map down. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go to our phone. Steve in Iowa. Go ahead, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. The most important, the most important thing for, for us to hear from you are the tactics that we need. The people around me are terrified. They know something's bad happening, but they don't know how to successfully fight it. Please give us word-for-word tactics to fight the Marxists that are trying to take over. Well, um, I think, uh, number one, as Christians, we pray. And we're called upon to pray for the leadership of our country. We're called upon to pray for our country. We ought to be praying for our churches uh, to be bold and to uh, use their pulpit to draw attention to what's going on, because as we've said many times before, at the at the at the base of all of these political battles, this is spiritual warfare, and pulpits ought to be talking about abortion. Pulpits ought to be talking about what's going on with regards to indoctrination in our nation's schools and universities. Uh, and, and you do have some preachers who say, well, I, I want to stay away from politics. Well, you cannot separate the fact that there are political decisions being made that go contrary to go contrary to what God determines is right. And so it's pretty simple. So that's another thing there. And the other one last thing, point three would be to our caller is that if God is leading you to be active, and I mean in the way of running for office, whether it's school board or city council or county councils or even for Congress uh, or for state legislature, you ought to be doing that. Uh, And at least, at the very least, stepping up as a parent who has kids in public schools, stepping up and uh, and going to school board meetings and, and, and finding out like this parent in Florida we were just talking about a few moments ago, he found out uh, the kinds of books that were on the shelves at uh, in his schools, 
<laughs> and he went to a school board meeting and started reading what he considered pornographic material in the schools. And they turned his mic off. They were worried it might be offensive to people. So if they're worried it might be offensive to people, why in the world would they be allowing that kind of material to go before the eyes of little boys and girls in those schools? So that's the kind of thing. Be involved, be aware, and then take action. Uh, that's as, about as simple as we can make it this morning. All right, Charlie in Kentucky, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I a question for you. Uh, how is George Soros able to cause such uh, so many problems here in our uh, political arena? Uh, I know he's a dual citizenship, uh, has a uh, dual international citizenship. Uh, but my question is, uh, with his interference in our nation's future, cannot he be held responsible and accountable? And can we, as a nation, declare him an enemy of the state and have his citizenship revoked so he can no longer pour his billions of dollars into uh, our election process to have his way, uh, which is, in my estimation, a way of the world. Yeah, uh, George Soros, I I think most of our audience are familiar with George Soros. He's a multi-billionaire. He uh, is not shy uh, about spending a whole whole lot of money uh, on political causes. Uh, he has been known to be directly behind helping to uh, elect district attorneys who are far, far left. And we have seen that. We have seen it, uh, whether it's San Francisco or St. Louis or other, and they are far left district attorneys. So he, he, uh, he is funding that. Right now, there's another story developing that he is behind an entity to purchase a network of Hispanic radio stations, talk radio stations across the country. One in particular uh, that's getting a lot of attention is a big Hispanic conservative talk radio station in Florida. So he is buying, uh, apparently, he is buying, uh, and there's some protests be- uh, with the uh, the uh, federal uh, broadcast people to try to stop this. Uh, and you, if you're reading on Fox... Uh, a couple of the conservative talk show hosts that work in this big station in uh, in Florida have quit and are being quite vocal about what's going on. So Soros has a lot of money, so that's not illegal. He is spending some of his money, at least, on political causes. That is not illegal. So to answer your question, uh, how do you stop George Soros? Uh, well, you find out, and again, this all goes back to educating yourself about candidates and find out, uh, you know, what they're about, what they plan to do and who is backing them financially. And that's the way you stop George Soros. It's at the ballot box. That's the bottom line. Cause at the moment, uh, to the best of my knowledge, he's not doing anything illegal, but he is spending his rich resources, uh, for political causes. And, uh, it's well known now. George Soros name has been out there for years and years. Um, and you just have to find out uh, where he's spending his money, and you will find out that uh, when it comes to political ideology, uh, it's to the far, far left. And he can be stopped if people go out and vote. Simple as that. Gary in Michigan. Go ahead, Gary. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I got two points. Um, the first point in regard to uh, the promotion of your negativity. Uh, The the Democrats don't want to promote their negativity. They don't want to uh, make the population aware that they did lose. So you would not want to uh, promote that self. You would not want to talk about that. You just keep that back and and hope people forget. Uh, So that's the first point. The second point is that most churches that I have attended have a daily bulletin. Now, we could put in that bulletin, pray for this, pray for that, um, make it a neutral prayer, just saying that um, 
all the 24 million Christians, and I put that in quotes, Christians who did not vote, please vote in this next election. Mm-hmm. Now, that is uh, a simple, cheap way to saturate United States and make the Christian voter get off his bench and, and vote. Yep. I think that is just a simple, simple way. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree with you more, Gary. Uh, that That is, uh, yeah, and again, a lot of pastors say, well, I don't want to be political, but encouraging people to vote, encouraging people to pray for their country, um, that's a duty, I believe, as Christians, that we are to be involved. If we're called upon to pray for our leaders, then certainly we ought to be engaged uh, to pray intelligently. You have to know what's going on and what those leaders stand for. And we can pray for our leadership, but we don't have to pray that they'll be successful with their political plans, certainly if those plans go against God's Word and God's standards. All right. Um, Vernon in Kentucky. Go ahead, Vernon. Hi, Fred. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say that it, I've been paying a lot of attention to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, everything he does is, 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 is evil. And uh, we are in, in the White House a child of, of, of the devil. And uh, I pray for him, but uh, it just everything he does is just evil. He can't seem to do anything right. So uh, I, 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 I respect the office, but I don't like him very much. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, so, he has uh, certainly shown, and, and, and especially, I think, in, in recent weeks, uh, with regards to his reaction to the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade. Uh, we know where Joe Biden and the Democratic Party stands on abortion. They are all in. They don't want any restrictions. Uh, so that is as plain as can be. Uh, so that, that issue alone, but when it comes to economic policy, uh, when it comes to what he believes uh, schools should be doing, uh, you know, it's, it's also... Uh, very liberal. Uh, although having said that, what's interesting is there's a whole component of the Democratic Party who uh, who say he hasn't gone far enough. Uh, the climate changers within the Democratic Party believe he hasn't gone far enough. But certainly his war on fossil fuels would tell me uh, that's still part of his agenda. So um, we have time for one more call. All right, let's try to squeeze that in. Uh, Dana in Texas. Uh, go ahead, Dana. Hi. Yeah, yep. good morning. Um, regarding the call about Mr. Soros, I would just suggest that he's kind of the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. He is the public face they have chosen to expose. There are got, they have got to be a lot of folks besides him funding this and manipulating things. So as people pray and consider this, um, perhaps they ought to be aware of that. Oh, yeah. I think you're exactly right, Dana. And unfortunately, uh, much in the way of uh, corporate America uh, is behind the Democratic Party uh, agenda. Again, look at their reaction to the Roe v. Wade decision. You have so many of the best-known names in corporate America saying, well, we will pay for our female employees to cross state lines and go have their abortions. It's been shocking. Some of the best-known names in corporate America supporting that abortion agenda. But you know, as we say, it is all about a spiritual battle right now. We are on the winning side, folks. Let's not forget that. We are on the winning side. We just have to continue to stand strong. Been good to be with you again this morning. Much more great programming ahead on American Family Radio on this Tuesday, the 12th day of July. We'll see you again real soon. Bye for now.